Friday. We've got a massive game coming up tomorrow night. I'm recording this preview podcast for Port Adelaide versus the Melbourne Demons. At, uh, just, uh, it's just after 8.30 p.m. here on uh, the Wednesday night. Um, we're playing a game uh, this time. Tomorrow we'll be deep in the deep in the trenches against Melbourne in what shapes to be a, a massive clash for many reasons. One, uh, the top four battle, we're uh, second versus fourth. Uh, Melbourne having just spent most of the year really at the top of the table, but having just been knocked off with a loss last week alongside Western Bulldogs, uh, continuing to be a great team. But um, they're still... Melbourne have certainly been the benchmark for much of the season, and there's, uh, there's a lot to find out about how our squad is going as far as... Um, how we break down uh, some of the, the, you know, probably what is the, one of the best defences in the league. Um, and then as well as uh, battling against one of the premier midfields with a couple of guys that are, um, are right up there in Brownlow chats as well, um, as well as our own Ollie Wine. So, um, and, you know, is, yeah, but midfield versus midfield and uh, forwards versus defence, all that stuff. There's a lot of lot of things to look at and, uh, and things to get out of tomorrow night. Whether, as, as beyond, um, you know, beyond the ladder position, obviously, um, and the continuing uh, hunt for four points to keep solidifying our spot in the top four. It is as much about how we look against a side like Melbourne because um, while we did get um, that win against Sydney in a couple of weeks ago, which just lessened a little bit of the flat track bully chat, it's certainly been something that's... Um, we're going to continue to hear, and uh, tomorrow night's result will very much dictate how the chat goes for the next few weeks. So um, while we have to just ignore the outside noise at times, we've still got to, we still want the four points for our journeys, and then certainly um, it'll be a game which matches us up and sees where we're at. It won't be the end of days if we if we lose, but it won't be. Uh, but it'll also be a big win to get and a great uh, great carrot leading. Uh, just a great win to have leading into. As we get into the, you know, we're really getting to the business end of the regular season now. So there's a lot to talk about. Um, I was trying to think of, uh, I was just thinking about inspirational speeches today. Um, just thinking about the, how big the game is and thinking about speeches that I've loved over the years. Um, you could look at guys like Eisenhower or, um, you know, you know Churchill back in, uh, you know, just the guys that had the oration, orational capabilities to just deliver wonderful speeches. And I thought... There's one that um, stands out above so many, um, and I'm going to play it right now just to get us in the mood for what is a huge game coming up. Hey! What's this lying around shit? Well, what the hell are we supposed to do, you moron? War's over, man. Wormer dropped the big one. What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? German? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Cause when the going gets tough. The tough get going. Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! What the fuck happened to the Delta I used to know? Where's the spirit? Where's the guts? Huh? This could be the greatest night of our lives. But you're gonna let it be the worst. Oh, we're afraid to go with you, Pluto. We might get in trouble. Well, just kiss my ass from now on! Not me! I'm not gonna take this! Warmer, he's a dead man! Marmalade, dead! Nehemiah! Dead. Pluto's right. 
Psychotic, but absolutely right. We gotta take these bastards. Now, we could fight them with conventional weapons. That could take years and cost millions of lives. No, no, no. No, in this case, I think we have to go all out. I think this situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it. Let's do it. Obviously, if you've seen, well, it's not going to be obvious to everyone. I think it's an older movie, Animal House from 1978. Um, Pluto's massive speech to get them rousing, rousing the Delta House to go um, do something incredibly futile and stupid. Now, I'm not expecting Port to be futile and stupid tomorrow night. I'm expecting, um, a, hopefully, a wonderful performance. But there's a lot to love in that speech beyond the fact that it's just um, a classic movie and a great moment. Um, Germans bombing Pearl Harbor, all that stuff. Um, a great movie, and, and the reason it's special to me, um, it was filmed at the University of Oregon, which is my alma mater, over in America. So, um, yeah, it's just got a little bit of, little bit of personal um, value. I even loved the movie before I moved over there and then found out it was filmed at the college I was going to, and that was just wonderful. But um, a great speech, and there's a lot to love in that because um, he talks about, um, you know, we used to, you know, not being scared and going after him and you know he's you know not being scared and uh, oh, I'm scared to get in trouble and you know you can take something out of that because there's a lot to um that is going to be in tomorrow night's game that's going to require some bravery and some and some trust in our own game plan and um because we're coming up against a side in the league that um, I think has probably the best defense and when you look across their score lines um the amount of times that they restrict teams to such lowly scores because Melbourne in themselves, I mean, just to kick off talking about them a little bit um, before we get into the sides and and some of the big news on our end, but um, I think their scores, um, are their largest score of the year, I think is 100. I was just looking through briefly before we got into it. They've hit the 100 mark a couple of times, um, only three times for the year, actually, from what I'm seeing here. And uh, their highest score is 104. They've actually got a 103, 102, 102 103, and a 104 um, spaced out across six odd weeks. Um, but those scores, are, they uh, beat GWS earlier in the year, and uh, obviously they're coming off a loss to GWS last week. Um, but um, you know they're, they're not; they're, those are decent scores. Obviously, once you start getting into the hundreds, you're at a pretty you're on a pretty good track to hopefully having a win, unless you're finding yourself in a shootout. But um, they, they they're not putting up massive scores on a regular basis. They're just doing enough because they because of their ability to restrict their opponent. Um, so they've got it, they've got, and look, that's great. Like if you, and that's something to hang your hat on. And that's certainly, um, you know, it's a, it's an old adage that defense wins, wins championships. So, um, it's a great base to build from on the side. They've and their defense is quite formidable, but, um, there, there is also the thing that this is going to require, um, to break down that defense and kick a score that is going to make Melbourne really have to challenge, challenge the score, their, their record for the year as well is, is going to require, um, our Port Adelaide boys to take take the game. Um, you know, a lot of the good stuff we've seen out of Port Adelaide in the last few weeks over the, and over the course of the season has also been matched with some pretty dire stuff when it, with the inconsistencies throughout games. Um, so this one's going to require um, to not be scared, um, as Bluto as Bluto points out. You know, don't none of this lying around shit. Um, 
get after it and um, and trust in our in our style. But also stick to our structures as well. I think um, what we've seen at our best is our structures are incredibly sound. How we how we lock the, we can lock the ball in as well as a rebound out. But we we do we do take a brave a brave um, tact with um, bringing the ball down the field at times with how we come out of come out of the defensive fifty and try to attack the middle and um, at times. And it's going to require that to get across the line tomorrow against Melbourne. So. Um, it's, I'm I'm incredibly nervous, but also incredibly looking forward to it because um you know Melbourne um are, have been the benchmark for much of the season you know they were you know undefeated up until that uh, shock loss to Adelaide um and it's probably something that they're going to be thinking about too um, going into the game is that they they have had some losses that have been um you know it's funny you know we get called flat track bullies because we're just beating everyone under us but can't beat teams above us. Um, at, at times, and whereas Melbourne's record is quite opposite, you know they've only got one one loss less than us, but their losses are against teams that you know it's um, Adelaide, obviously at Adelaide Oval it was a home game for Adelaide and a, a night that they just got up for it um, and just kicked incredibly well, really, and um, won by a point to knock Melbourne off the undefeated table. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, oh, the, the Buckley match it was Buckley's last match in a Queen's birthday a game and the big freeze and all that stuff. Um, was obviously going to have, have some extra spice to it, but um, Melbourne still just looked, um, you know, and when they get into those tight battles, because then they, they're really not going to, they're not going to kick away from you and really, you know, how Brisbane can um, attack and lay on a, a heavy onslaught of goals is just not something we've seen from Melbourne too much this year. Um, so, you know, when they get in those battles with the likes of Adelaide and Melbourne and, and GWS just on the weekend, um, they can they can get mired in the slog and find it find it a struggle, and you just need to kick get those couple of goals away from them, and it, and it can really, um, really find it seems to be a struggle for Melbourne at times in those situations. Obviously, haven't had a bad loss yet. Like their biggest loss of the year, I think, is the seventeen points to uh, Collingwood in that Queen's birthday match. So they're certainly um, not getting beaten soundly, and they have beaten some very good teams soundly this year. Um, whether it be the Bulldogs, they really comfortably won that one in the end. Um, they smashed Richmond back in April, which was probably a game that really, um, probably the first time, because at that point we weren't sure, we, we weren't really quite aware that Richmond were that as bad as they've gotten that lately. And, you know, obviously the injuries and sort of all that stuff with Richmond. But, you know, 24th of April, we've got Mel- Melbourne winning by uh, six goals. And that one, I remember that one. I think I picked Richmond in that game. And I was like, oh, shit, okay, I need to start believing in Melbourne a little bit more. And, and then they get the win over um, you know, and they had a, they had a win over Geelong earlier in the year as well. But I think at that point, Geelong had been, <laughs> you know, they'd lost to Adelaide and they had a tough, probably should have lost to Brisbane in that uh, second match of the year with the um, the um, the free kick situation and the, and all that stuff. So Geelong at that point, we probably weren't sure of either. Um, and it's just one of those years where it's just, um, you know, it's been funny. The thing is that Melbourne, the storyline has been, it's like, oh, do we believe in Melbourne? And then. And it seems to be that we we get we go on a there's a real like a a, a repeating cycle of yeah oh, geez Melbourne had a good win maybe we need to start believing them fuck they look good and then they lose to a team like whether it be Adelaide Collingwood and then you go back oh no same old Melbourne they get they're stuck in a cycle because it is Melbourne that they um they are a very very good they're a fucking great team and they sh- they were a few years ago and they probably underachieved for a couple of years but they've really got everything together right now with. Petrarca and Clayton Oliver having the, that those uh, bag of years of experience now that they really lead in the line. And Max Gorn's having an all-time year, and he's just incredible as well. And Stephen May and Jake Lever and all those guys. Um, 
so they should be, but it is still once they have a loss against Jitter, it's like, are they? You know, and then you know now the Bulldogs in Brisbane after impressive wins this week, now they're back to being premiership favourites. Even though a few weeks ago Melbourne smashed the Bulldogs, it was like no Melbourne are paying. So who knows? Premiership favourite is the one that ends up winning on the twenty fifth of September. That's a, that's the way. <laughs> at some point you got to look at it that way. But hey, you know people are going to sell papers and stuff like that. And I understand the media, and it's a it's a fun it's fun bar chat as well as to who the premiership favourites are, but. You know, after a couple of losses in the last couple of weeks, Melbourne have got that little bit of people asking questions, and they, you know, there's really that Essendon game at like, uh, two weeks ago as well was very close run things, so they could very easily, um, if things had gone a little bit differently, be coming off three losses on the bounce. And um, I wouldn't, but that's partly I think I'm I'm a little bit worried is the fact that they do have had those questions asked the last couple of weeks, and they are gonna there's gonna be a response looked for from uh, Goodwin, their coach, and and just uh, the, the, themselves. I mean, not that I believe too much in the fact that you need to have losses to re reinvigorate yourself you know teams can go under not that they do but then you you would think that they they have they're professional enough to get the job done but it, it certainly would be um a little extra um carrot for them that they they have come off a couple of weeks where there's those little questions being asked and uh and i don't i hate i when they were losing the judo last week i was like fuck we're gonna come up against this team like that's the 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 team has just been knocked off the top of the table and uh, and all that stuff going away from home and and all that all that that comes with it. Um, it's not. I always I'd rather much rather come into come into the game with a comfort. Uh, Melbourne looks comfortable, but you know that's just all that stuff that you can only. Um, I'm the type of fan that tries to look at every angle of the game and try to prepare myself for every eventuality, so I'm not deeply upset if it goes the wrong way, which I still end up deeply upset anyway. So who the fuck am I tricking here? Um, but um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting way it's been set up this week against us tomorrow night with how the season has has fallen to this point for Melbourne because they've certainly been the front runners for much of the year, but they've just been with those couple of losses in the last couple of weeks, it, uh, the last three weeks, it has uh, just knocked them down that peg and, and knocked them off the so you know off the top of the table and uh, coming off a loss, uh, a bit of a shock loss. Not the GWS are a bad team, but they're just uh, they're, the amount of injuries they've been dealing with and all that stuff. Um, it's just. Just how it is that they are um, not expected to be as much, and and Melbourne, um, we're probably expected to win that one, um, whether it be comfortably or just get the job done. Um, it certainly sets it up for a um, kind of a salivating uh, matchup with us tomorrow night. So we might as well get into some big team news on both sides of the both sides of the coin here, with Melbourne as uh, having a big in as well as ourselves having a couple of big ins, which I'm looking forward to that. But first, we'll get to Melbourne. Alrighty, so the Melbourne team news first. Now this is the one that's got a massive. Massive name that's coming in. That uh, I'm. It's it's amazing to think that he hasn't had a game yet for them. But just to say how good their year year is gone. Um, it's it's. I guess it makes sense. Uh, but they certainly thought their forward line has been probably one question that people have asked at times. With um, I mean McDonald's had a good year, but Wiedemann's been it has been dropped at times, and I, I believe um I'm, I vaguely remember hearing his name was dropped at one point a few weeks back I think uh, who knows um correct me if I'm wrong it's a Port Adelaide podcast not a Melbourne podcast um anyway <laughs> um but uh Ben Brown is coming into the side for his first match since he was pulling on a North Melbourne jumper uh last year and I think it's probably the first, I think I, I had a quick look earlier um at the team lineups from last year because I, could honest, I couldn't honestly remember uh the exact lineup of North Melbourne when he beat them last year um, but I, I was 99% sure that Ben Brown wasn't in the side. And from what I could find from the, the lineups announced from last year's game against them, he was not in that side. So the last time he saw us was in 2019, towards the back end of the year when we were just tumbling down the table and um, and just having a great time. 
uh, when uh, but uh, when they beat us by uh, fucking uh, I don't know too much. It was um it was twenty two twelve to eight ten, and and he kicked ten of those twenty two. Um, so I think that was our last time that we faced Ben Brown, which is fucking just wonderful news coming into a game that I'm already nervous enough about. But a lot has transpired since that time. Um, yeah, after I think he had five straight years of playing all every game of the year. Uh, I'm just having a quick look at some stats on AussieFootball.com. And we got, uh, yeah, 2015, he played all games, 32 goals. 2016, all games, 41. And then it really kicked into gear in 2017, 18, 19, where he kicked 63, 61, and 64, respectively. Winning a Coleman, I think, in that time. And just really uh, quite consistent when you kick, in, kick 180 odd goals in three years, um, almost 100, uh, yeah, 180. Quick math, 188 goals in three years. Um, you're really having a good time of it. But last year, obviously, dropped off in uh, North Melbourne just with how they were swinging the axe and making drastic wholesale changes to their side. Decided to trade him, which um, it was questionable at the time. And with that North Melbourne going, I'd, I'd probably think that he probably could have hung around for a little bit longer and and uh, been a part of that side as they look to rebuild. But, hey, they made that decision. And surprisingly, <laughs> and a forward that kicked... Uh, 180, 188 goals in three years. Um, couldn't get, can't get a game this year um, until this this game that it is. And um, you know, someone I think the Port Adelaide pair tweeted earlier that um, he's got a record of his best um, average goals per game record is against us, which probably helped by that ten goal haul back in twenty nineteen. But yes, he averages three point eight goals a game against Port Adelaide, um, which is more even than the three point two he averages against Gold Coast, which is never good to be above the Gold Coast in any table such as this. But, hey, we're, we're there with Ben Brown. Certainly, again, I think a large, in large part, I think he's got 23 goals against us and 10 of them came in that one game. So it's a, it is it is skewed somewhat by that performance and that was just an insipid performance by it and a day that we want to we will ne- we'll not talk about again after this point that I'm, I'm mentioning it. But, um, yeah, he is coming into the side. He is the one change, I believe. I don't think there's any other changes. I think it's Tom Sparrow that's been uh, ta- uh, taken out of the side. Um, so... Yeah, otherwise, it is um, it is uh, the side that we saw last week. So um, a pretty a pretty star-sided side. Obviously, um, I mean, the big ones we're going to have to contend with both is their defense with Stephen May and uh, and Jake Lever leading a fucking incredible defense so far this year. Um, you know, there's, there's some, just some big names across that side when you look at um, Christian Salem, Ed Langdon. Um, and they're, they're seen, particularly in the midfield when we're dealing with uh, Brayshaw, Petraka, Petraka leaving, leading that crew. And then obviously... Uh, Clayton Oliver, and as well as um, um, yeah, Trent Viney, feeding feeding off of the the incredible work that Max Gorn is doing this year. So, you know, there's a lot to a lot to love about this side. Unfortunately, a lot of great players playing some really good footy at this at this moment in that side, and um and we're going to have a lot to contend with. You know, the battles with Max Gorn versus uh, Scooter and our, our def- uh, midfield um, will um, which has been a bit light on this year, but we'll get to them in a minute because they're getting a big in uh, this year, but uh, this week. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, there's a lot to battle there, and um, a really good side. Um, it is it is probably the one interesting thing about their side, like I've mentioned earlier, and I talked a fair bit about it, is their scoring um, as well. They've got a lot of dangerous players. It just hasn't hasn't quite come together, um, I guess, in in the in the way. Um, as much as everything else has, you know, the defense has been humming, the midfield's been humming, but it's just um, the scoring. They, they do get some a fairly hefty uh, work inside fifty and uh, some fairly hefty um, scoring shots. It's just they're probably they're touching accurate at times in those games where they've scored higher, and then in those games where they, like I said, get stuck in the mire a little bit, um, they can get bogged down a bit. It's the guys like Cosy Pickett and um, you know the ones around those forwards, um, and and you know McDonald's um, 
know, been good, but uh, Fritch and all those guys are can sometimes be a touch one-dimensional. So Ben Brown is, is a massive in to see how that shakes that up, I think. And I hate that we're the team that gets to deal with that experiment to see how Ben Brown goes because he's going to be raring to go after. He's, he's going to want to prove some points. Um, he's got a, probably an understandable chip on his shoulder after the events of being moved on last year after such a such a shining light as in in um in the kangaroos time and certainly he was he was you know they they only kangaroos while they're <laughs> stuck in the pit of um rebuild and bottom of the table right now it was only a few years ago they were um you know getting into finals and prelims and um you know he was right in the key, a key component of that so um coming into it and he's just gotten the luck of the draw that he got traded to a team that's in an in incredible position to possibly challenge for a flag so but yeah we have to deal with that experiment of seeing how he's going to go on this side and um, like i said i'm surprised it hasn't happened yet i know he's had some injury issues in the off season and some surgery with the knee i believe and um we're really gonna have to test test him out and maybe check <laughs> we're gonna need chad corns out there again doing the old test on the knee like he did with um uh, John, Jonathan Brown back in 2004, but um, yeah, no, it's a it's an incredibly star-studded lineup, and um, we're gonna gonna have a lot to deal with um on the night, and um, I'm, I guess we'll get into talking about Port, and then and then I'll probably bounce back and forth between the lineups and see how we we'll deal with it, but um, it's really just a pre- just I don't know, I'm trying to predict how we're gonna go against the the second place team in the league. I'm just nervous, so I'm just gonna talk my way through it, but yeah, let's get to talking about Port Adelaide. All righty, so the Port Adelaide team news was. Buzzing today. Um, Twitter was buzzing. Everything was buzzing. Uh, a lot of buzz. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Because uh, there's some big ins for our side. Finally, we get to start welcoming back some huge names rather than just seeing them um, end up on the sidelines. Uh, knock on wood again that we keep seeing this trend continue rather than the one that has uh, dogged our season a fair bit to this point with a lot of great players going down with injuries and um, not even, you know, just, just niggling ones here. And uh, a lot of the time, unfortunately... Um, one of those outs this week is unfortunately Kane Farrell with his season-ending injury, and again we are thinking of Kane and hope is um, all the recovery is swift and as best as it can be considering the injury. But um, with that in mind, um, we have so joining Farrell on the sidelines. Obviously, Farrell injured and out. Uh, Martin Fredericks omitted as well as Riley Bonner. Um, yeah, Frederick uh, was uh, good last week coming off on the off the medi sub uh, medical. Sub bench, and uh, well, I assume he's in, in, in the mix for selection. I don't know if I don't actually know if Hinkley mentioned who will be subbed today. I didn't catch that in the press conference if he did, but um, he's possibly in line for that. And Riley Bonner's out. He, he, Riley Bonner again, um, probably just um, slightly off the boil last week as far as um, his execution goes. Got to seem to get around the footy plenty, but just um, probably just needs to find a little bit more of um, just the nuances of uh, disposing of the ball in a better fashion at times. In the but he certainly. Certainly gets finds his way around the ball a lot. So um yeah, but uh, it, with the, these kind of names coming in, people are going to have to miss out. And um I think you considering the def- defenders that come in. So obviously Trent McKenzie came in when Cleary went out, um and then Jared Lean is coming in in recent weeks. It's a, it's an incredible um a testament to their the performances thus far that um McKenzie has just been incredible since he came back in and certainly last year being most improved and and fifth best in the in our best and fairest was. Unlucky to be the one to miss out and earlier in the year with Aaliyah coming in, but it's just what you've got to do. Someone's got to miss out and um, with how well stacked we are, luckily, in that defensive services department, um, we uh, he missed out, but a credit to him and his performances and we've been really happy with how he's been going. That he keeps his spot as well as Jared Lena, who's been, um, who provides 
provides a lot, um, a little bit of run and, and carry off, of, off out of the back line and, and, and certainly his defensive abilities as well. So he's still in the side and, um, and as well as Cleary coming back in, which is a massive boost. He was, he was in rip roaring form before he went down with that freak, um, you know, break broken jaw um, back a, a, against the Bulldogs. You know, he, he should have possibly should have got the showdown medal. Not that we'll uh, knock anyone getting it um, as long as it's Fort Blair and a win. Uh, but he was incredible in that showdown, and um, and he's been so. Hopefully, he finds that form quickly again. We'll certainly need him tomorrow night. Um, trying to battle against, as I've said, Ben Brown coming in as well as that forward line. That while it's um, I I'm not exactly saying it's it's purring. It's certainly a formidable with the weapons they have down there. Certainly with Ben Brown coming in, so Cleary in, and the big another the other big one, um, Zach Butters. A lot of our favourite sons, a lot of uh, Port fans. Sorry, excuse me. A lot of Port fans' favourite son in Butters uh, just uh, since he's come in and he's been, um, you know, uh, sh- was was a shoe in for all Australian if he hadn't had this unfortunate injury this this week and this this year, sorry, and it's been um, it's been a quite a journey getting him back <laughs> as well with the 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 nerve damage and and the surgery that the unexpected nature of that and and just the T- TBC constantly with his return, but I guess that did. Uh, bode well for how wonderful, wonderfully warming and heartwarming it was to suddenly see him back in the Sandville side last week, and um, he had a great game there, and and certainly played his part in a, a back great um, come from behind win last week, and and his his last goal, the one that kind of clinched the result against Central Districts um, last weekend, was kind of classic butters that rove off and snap and just and class and silky moves that he's got, so. It's just, um, you know, there's been some questions about him coming off um, the Saturday game and coming in just five days later after his first game after a decent layoff. But when you're fit and, you know, you're ticking all the ticking all the boxes, yes, he, I assume there'll be some uh, monitoring of how he's going and some and some rotational uh, rotational plans with him uh, tomorrow. But um, he's fit. He's ready to go. If he's if the body is, um, you know, <laughs> technically stable and everything that the injury stuff is. Behind him, apart from the stamina and the game game speed, and you know he makes up for a lot of that just with his, his um, straight out tenacity and and hunger and 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 just love of the game. Um, you know we're, we're going to have to probably uh, make sure he doesn't go overboard too quick. But um, you, you just at one point, some point, I think that even Hinkley said that at some point all that's left is to play footy. So it's a great boon to have Butters back in. Um, certainly that he was really not set up some incredible numbers in that midfield. Um, and really making making a statement to be um, a really key part of our midfield going forward, and um, you know certainly we we all know his forward abilities as well. So um, he's going to be incredible in tomorrow night. So as much as Melbourne and uh, you know people have mentioned Ben Brown's record against Port Adelaide and Ben Brown and all the stuff he's got to prove tomorrow, um, we've got a couple of big ins for ourselves. So that is wonderful for us and uh, and a great. Um, um, a great thing. So, um, just looking at the the emergencies, it's Frederick um, I just mentioned, and Joel Garner. Joel Garner's been playing some good sample footy, so he's in the emergencies. Uh, Laddams and Woodcock as, as emergencies as well. So, I wonder if um, it'd be interesting to see who gets picked there. Um, I yeah, Frederick has been quite. He seems to be quite a good package to come off the bench um, if needed. Um, it's always you know who knows. It depends who gets injured. You know, you just need to sit there and go. If, you know, one of your tools, and again, knock on wood, it gets injured. You want Laddams in there, but then um, if it's someone like like Farrell, um, Frederick coming on for to kind of was a good boon in that sense. So um, it'll be I again, like I said, if it, if it, Hinkley did name the name who was going to be sub today, I apologise, I didn't catch it. So, um, but otherwise, um, beyond that, it's the same side we saw last week, and um, it's, it's some incredible battles that'll be happening around the ground. Certainly, 
I've mentioned the midfield and uh, Wines and Boak will have their hands full. Um, obviously, Boak was a um, some there was a, some little scares running around this week where he was getting precautionary scans on the hamstring. Um, so hopefully that holds up and there's no no major issues there that will cause worry. Um, but um, Willem Drew certainly have an incredible year and uh, Ollie again Brownlow form um, hopefully and. Um, he's in, in ripping form. So that, that midfield battle will be interesting because they are certainly a classy, classy midfield and one of the best in the league. Um, I still wonder if I had to, um, you know, putting Port Adelaide aside, you know, I'd obviously always pick theirs, but it would be interesting to see if you threw me um, Bulldogs and uh, and Melbourne's midfields are like, I've, I love what the Bulldogs are doing as far as their midfield talent goes, but, um, and Bon and Pelly probably steps it over the line for me if I was choosing between those two, but, but Traker and Al- Oliver, and Oliver's probably... With Pachaka being such a name now, and how good he was, like how good he's become, um, you know, Oliver's probably people are still de- um, they're not watching Melbourne footy or keeping an eye on, and they probably forget, like, haven't noticed how good he's been going. But um, yeah, no, some big big names there, and um, certainly uh, our guys got their hands full. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the forwards go against that defense. We're gonna have to find ways, um, and that's why, like again, going back to the animal speech. Um, you know, they were talking about we've got to, we've got to, you know, we've got to do something different. You know, not futile and stupid, but um, you know, um, do something they're not going to expect. And um, so, what that is, I don't know. I'm not the coach, but um, it, we're going to have to find ways to nullify the effect of May and, and Lever and their abilities in in intercepting and just locking down locking down that defensive arc, that that, that their defensive arc, and uh, that'll um, require a. Pretty big effort from a forward line, but certainly some talent in there. Certainly with Butters coming back in as well, and Rosie's in great form. Um, Motlop playing his 200th, by the way, um, which is big. Um, I should make more of a mention of that. Yes, congrats to Stevie Motlop, who has provided us with some incredible moments throughout his career so far at Port Adelaide, and hopefully there's a few more to come. Uh, plenty more to come, hopefully, and um, he's um, playing some good footy this year. A um, bit up and down at times, but generally he's probably, I think, uh, uh, across the board, he's having his best year in Port Adelaide colours, Motlop, and... What a time of being up as 200th. Um, certainly, uh, Melbourne have got a few uh, milestone men too, so we can't go uh, drawing on the milestone too much as a as a as an indicator. Because I think Gorn is playing his 150th. Uh, Ed Langdon's playing his 100th, and there's someone playing their 50th. <laughs> I can't I can't remember who's playing their 50th, but there is a few Melbourne players celebrating a milestone. So while we want to do it for Motlop, we can certainly can't sit there and go, we're going to have an extra um, an extra thing over Melbourne because they certainly got that on their on their side as well. So. Um, but yeah, Dixon, George Yardis and Marshall will have their work cut out as well. And Dixon um, has been ripping for the last six, seven weeks, actually. Really, we need to really keep, uh, really be acknowledging that, that how good he's been. And uh, certainly um, allowing Marshall and George Yardis to do a bit more as well. Um, but yeah, it's um, there's going to be a lot of work for them to do in, in, in trying to get the score. Because uh, we're going to want to score well against them and really put the pressure on them to have to... Um, Take away uh, and and to for them to be a bit more bolder and and open up open it up a little bit so and certainly I'd love to see um you know that defense especially with Cleary coming back in we're pretty much loaded with the best defensive um be best defense we can possibly put out there so that's an incredible test for our our back line to um see what they can do against them so um yeah it's really just it's just so well balanced to um as a contest um certainly. We would love to have a few more of those guys, like if, you know, Ratio and Robbie uh, sorely missed um, certainly in that forward line. But um, you know, we've got to go with what we've got, and what we've got is pretty damn good still. So um, yeah, it's just um, yeah, a lot to a lot to love um, in our side at the moment, as it has been all year. I do I do um, have a, a lot of love for these boys, and I'm hoping this is um, a game that we can really see them shine a light on what is 
What is to love about our Port Adelaide footy team rather than all the stuff that the media likes to talk about, which is you know, flashback bullies not being able to team, beat a team in the top four or, or top eight. Um, it'll be great to get that uh, off the back um, tomorrow night and just and just uh, start building some real momentum going into this this business end of the season. So, um, yeah, that's about it, just talking about the team so much. Um, I'm just going to take a quick break and come back and talk about just a couple of other things that came that just uh, that came out today, which isn't so much towards the game, but st- some stuff happening tomorrow night and then Friday and whatever. So we'll be right back in a moment um, and just to, just to finish it off with a couple of things. All right, I just wanted to finish finish off this preview recording, but I'm talking about a couple of things that uh, Matthew Richardson penned one of his uh, from the CEO letters up on the website about an hour ago on Port Adelaide's website. I'm sure it goes through to members' emails and whatever. I haven't actually seen it in my email. I just sort of tweet about it. But, um, yeah, it's uh, dear members and supporters, um, you know, just all that stuff, um, you know, a lot of stuff going on and yada, yada, yada about um, it's great to see 100% capacity at um, Adelaide Oval. Um, it's good to read. I'm just, just bouncing over the start of it. Um, there's a couple of key things that came up um, in the in the uh, letter about uh, one thing. I'll start with the one thing that's happening tomorrow night is um the 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 charity partner food bank. Um, they're making a call to, for members and supporters to bring non-perishable food items and place them in the food bank collection bins outside the entry gates to Adelaide Oval. There'll also be food bank and AGO volunteers at each gate where our members and supporters can make a tap and go donation to help provide meals for vulnerable South Australians this winter. Um, it's an incredible co- cause, obviously. Um, as many probably have noticed, there's been some bitterly cold mornings and nights and and whatnot lately. And and for those the the vulnerable population of those um you know the, um in the homeless community and whatever, it, it can be an incredibly hard time. And and getting a just a, a good meal and 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 some and some help and in that way is just so important. And for those of us out there and everyone out there that has the abilities, whether it's to donate um, monetarily or actually bring some food items or, or do both if you have the ability to. Two, it would be a wonderful thing to do because um, it's uh, just you know we've got a you know a part of part of living life is to support everyone and 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 uh, and I just can't I can't really say I don't have anything written down to make a big point about it, but I just really think it's an important thing to um, um when you have the ability to to support the vulnerable um you know if you've got that extra extra five bucks or whatever that you would put towards um. You know, just even a coffee. You know, want to sacrifice a morning coffee towards um, helping someone, helping someone get a hot meal because that's um that that's going to be so important to them. Whereas um, you know, all those mornings that I think I, I, I you know, there's the occasional day I get to three p.m. in the day and I realize, oh fuck, I didn't get my morning coffee this morning. I was just busy. It doesn't make it's not that big a deal to miss out on a coffee occasionally <laughs> um, to help someone um, in incredibly tough times. So that would be wonderful if anyone can get around that. We certainly will be. Um, so yeah. Uh, Foodland will be donating uh, $500 uh, as well for every Port Adelaide goal scored. So hopefully put up a bit of a big score. And AGL will be contributing $100 for every tackle laid while other teams are in the game, which is an incredible um, thing to do as well. So get around that, um, check the letter, and uh, and, and uh, so there's some other details around. Um, but that's certainly uh, the main gates uh, for that. Um, so uh, what is the other, oh, the other thing? Um, the big news um, towards... Um, the Port Adelaide Club as a whole, and our, our bid to bring, bring in an AFLW team, which um, we're we're both um, at the creed very excited for, um, massive supporters of um, women's sports, and and certainly uh, the AFLW uh, Port Adelaide needs to be in it. We're the biggest club in the land, and um, and to to keep that going, um, we need to have our, our Port Adelaide name come into the AFLW competition and hopefully start um, getting getting on top of the, the, that other mob real quick. Um, so the big news is that on Friday, the club will actually officially be making their submission to the AFL, 
with the aim of securing an AFLW license for entry into the competition in season seven, which starts in December next year. So we're looking at the not this season, but next season to be able to start if all goes well with the submission. Um, so they've been um, the letter just details that um, uh, that they've been been working for six months on the preparation and the last few months on the submission itself. Um, just like every other port team associated with Port Adelaide, um, taking me taking all of our glorious history into the AFLW. Number one Guernsey will be for the captain. Eighteen seventy will be on the back, and the ethos of never ever giving up from the outset, um, and that we're there to win, not just be part of something, is going to be a key part of the submission. So, um, they make a point about how the great women that have uh, that have been always at the heart and soul and the unsung heroes of this club. So, it's just wonderful to be a part of it. There is a um, a pledge to uh, support the AFLW license and a registration link in the in that as well. If you haven't, um, just put your name. It's essentially just putting your name down as a supporter for it. Um, and it's just it's just a great thing. So I think we'll be getting to see what the submission is once they've submitted it. They'll release it too, from my understanding from reading this. Um, so um, yeah, it's a wonderful couple of things in that letter and really important things for the for both um, being just a good supporter base and, and giving back to the people that need that need it, as well as um, the future of our club and, and, and future of women's sports within our club. So uh, big things on the horizon for Port Adelaide uh, beyond um, tomorrow night. But tomorrow night is the most important thing at this minute. Um, so, yeah, let's get around it. Let's just get excited. Um, everyone that's going, get loud. And I think uh, the Port Adelaide um, have put out there's $25 tickets available uh, to the game, so if you haven't got a ticket already and you're thinking you could probably get down, um, school holiday, so, you know, kids don't have to go to school the next day, I know people have work, but, um, yeah, if you can get around it, um, just have a have a night out at the footy, um, it's a big game, and one of the one of the huge games of the year, uh, huge games of the year for us in the regular season, um, certainly a home game against the top two side is always an occasion to get turned, turn out and get turned up for, so, um, as, uh, as uh, <laughs> Bluto said, this could be the night of your lives. So let's hope it is. Let's hope it's a big one. Let's hope it's a wonderful one. Uh, plenty of goals to donate to food banks and then just plenty of goals to get us all across the line as well. So, yeah, let's just, um, yeah, I, all I can say is just get loud, get crazy, um, and just enjoy the night, uh, get around it. And, uh, yeah, can't say much more than that. Might as well go out with a little bit more uh, Animal House sounds and get around it. So come on the pair. Let's get the fucking job done. thing I was going to do. I just remembered it as I was like playing that out. I was like, I could just down the, down the music again and get back into it. So um, I was going to crack a beer. So we might as well just do that now. Um, I'm going to try one. Just going to keep the music going in the background there a little bit. Um, it's a nitro beer out of a can. I've never taken a nitro beer out of a can before. Um, so it's me- you're meant to like, it's a Four Pines Brewing Ben and Jerry's chocolate chip cookie dough inspired nitro beer. So who knows how it's going to taste. Sounds delicious, but um, I haven't had it in beer form. Uh, so, apparently, what I've got to do is I've got to open the can and tip it immediately, flip it and pour it hard. Pour it hard. I don't know how I pour it hard, but uh, to activate the nitro. So, that's what I'm going to try and do here. So, let's see how this goes. Um, pour hard. Pouring hard. Pour hard. Fuck, it is gonna, that is going to go all over the place. 
I have pushed my keyboard and stuff out of the way to do this. Um, yeah, it's nitro. Um, I was expecting, gonna be honest, I was expecting something a little stouty, uh, being that it's a cookie that it is. I'm not exactly sure what to cook. It's, it's very amber, very deep amber, so it's not a stout. It's certainly um, more of an ale or a lager, I guess. I'm just trying to figure it out. Um, poor, poor hard to activate the nitro into a glass. Yeah, obviously it's into a glass. Um, I've done that. So let's do the taste test. Let's see if this actually tastes like a Ben & Jerry's cookie cookie dough chip, whatever the fuck it is. Um, there's a lot of head on this one too, so uh, we'll see how we go. Fuck me, that actually does taste like cookie dough. Chocolate chip cookie dough. That is that is incredible. All right. <laughs> Highly recommend getting around that one if you enjoy your different tasting beers and certainly if you've got a Ben & Jerry's uh, chocolate chip cookie dough kind of thing going on. I know it's um, an ice cream a lot of people enjoy. Um, you get, get around that. So that's actually really fucking tasty. I tweeted a picture about it earlier, so you'll see that um, on our Twitter account. But yeah, done. Let's go.